0: Daniel, Daniel chapter number seven, say that it's such a blessing to be in the house of the Lord today, and I'm trusting that God is going to help us not just in this service this morning, but let's everybody be back in the service tonight expecting God to move and to do great things in this house. How many wants him to touch and minister to your needs tonight? Praise the Lord. I'm just expecting great things. Uh, Daniel chapter number seven, and we'll begin with verse one. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. And when he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters, Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision. By night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. And the first was like a lion, and had an eagle's, had eagle's' wings, and I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man. And a man's heart was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second like to a bear, and it was raised up itself on one side. And it had three ribs, in it's in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise and devour much flesh. After this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leper, which, like a leopard, which was upon the back of it, four wings of a fowl, the beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. after this, I saw in the night visions, and behold a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong, exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth, and it devoured and brake in pieces and stamped the residue. Of of it and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it and it had ten horns and I considered the horns and behold there came up among them another little horn before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots and behold in this horn were the eyes like the eyes of man and a mouth speaking great things and I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did set whose garment was white as snow and the hair of his head like the pure wool his throne was like the fierce or a fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him thousands, thousands ministered unto him 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him and the judgment was set and the books were open. and I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast were slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away yet their lives were prolonged For a season in time. And I saw in the night visions. And behold. One like the son of man. Came with the clouds of heaven. And came to the ancient of days. And they brought him near before him. And there was given to him dominion. And glory. And kingdom. And a kingdom. That all people. Nations and languages. Would or should serve him. His dominion is everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. And I want just to take a moment and maybe go back up to verse 13 and read it again. And I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near for him and there was given him dominion and glory i uh, i simply want to preach from this mysterious text here and i know that the majority of us probably do not understand i know i must admit that i don't understand every detail of the book of daniel it is an unusual book we do know that there are centric details Uh, that are given in the book of Daniel concerning the end time. And I really don't choose to elaborate on the end times and to pontificate on what's going to happen, what's going to take place in the future. I disagree with the words of Jesus. He said, be also ready. And I think that should be the focus of all of us, is to be ready whenever it's going to happen. And I know there's varying opinions on that, but whenever it takes place, I want to be ready. Can you say amen? But I want to take from this and preach for just a little while this morning. Just keep looking. Just keep looking. Would you pray right now with me that the anointing of the Holy Ghost would be upon the remainder of this service this morning. The Lord would help us, touch us, strengthen us, and give us direction in this place. Would you pray right now? Lift up your voice. God, I'm asking you right now to touch us here this morning. We certainly need your help, your anointing, your blessing upon this service. We're praying, God, for your guidance. We're asking, God, that you would speak to this people. We understand, God, that there's various needs in this house, but I know and have confidence that you're able to address them all. In Jesus' name, we thank you and praise you for it. Would you lift up your voice and let's praise the Lord together again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, amen. Thank you for standing, you may be seated. Just keep looking. We know by a simple perusal of this prophetic book that its main character and the writer of this book, Daniel, had an extraordinary relationship with the Lord. How many would agree with that? We read the story of his life. There are certain accounts that we've heard from the time that we were Sunday school children and how that the Lord miraculously worked for Daniel. We read about his determination. We read about his faithfulness to God, his diligence, and even in the face of opposition, we know that there was a decree that he was not to pray unto the Lord Jehovah And it was signed by the law of the the Medes and the Persians. And as a result of this, Daniel continued uh, to be faithful. He dared to continue to do what he had always done. And he opened up his windows towards Jerusalem and he prayed. And we know that the law said that the one that would do this would be thrown into the lion's den And even though reluctantly the king did throw him in the lion's den, the Lord kept him in the midst of this, what was intended to be judgment upon Daniel. God kept him for his faithfulness, his determination, and his diligence even in the face of opposition. And this is a testimony to all of us that if we'll be faithful to God, that God always helps us. And he'll always keep us and that he is also faithful to come through for those that are faithful to him. But I would like to to dig just a little deeper into the character of Daniel and talk about maybe some of the things that he had to witness and see and that God revealed to him. We understand that God did speak and reveal things to Daniel that he did not reveal to anyone else. This talks about, I believe, and and is a testimony of Daniel's depth of relationship with God and also God's trust to him. In fact, really, only two men, Daniel and John the Revelator, did God give an extended glance at the end time. If you want to study, if you want to understand anything about the end time, you go to the book of Daniel or you go to the book of Revelation and uh, that's where all of the eschatology scholars go to understand end time events and even then it's cryptid even then sometimes it's elusive and there is many uh, different opinions that can emerge from reading uh, this particular passages that are given as prophetic passages in the word of God and again I'm not here to discuss eschatology but that God would entrust a man to see these things that would be even thousands of years into the future. And God would show them to him in vivid detail. And I think the things that they saw was possibly so mysterious to them that they had a problem uh, articulating them and writing them. There's certain things when you write uh, and, and you begin to try to articulate. Them. It's hard to describe what you're seeing in your mind's eye. and I'm sure that that was the situation with Daniel and also John the Revelator. I've read certain passages from these two books and it seems that they were talking about current events and trying to describe them in their own words. Maybe things that are so common to us now. But you've got to imagine how elusive it seemed to them in the period of time that they were writing these books. But God revealed these things to these men, secrets and and foretellings of what was to come in the future, what was to take place in the end time. And here in chapter 7, Daniel has a very eccentric dream about the last days. Daniel is observing various empires that would, Rise and fall and now has, as time has unfolded and we look back and study history, we can see a little more in detail what he was envisioning. Upon first glance, he sees four beasts churning in a sea. And this must have been quite an unnerving sight for him to behold. Kingdoms with such military might and weaponry and technology that he had never witnessed before. Kingdoms of such expanse and fierce power. He looked from one giant beast to another, as is described in our text this morning. He witnessed the emergence of evil dictators. He saw the formation of godless governments. He was able to behold the perverse sophistication of our present society. He had insight into the Babylonian. Empire with its lion like strength that he described in the text. He saw the rise and fall of the Medes and the Persians. He saw the rise and subsequent collapse of the Roman Empire. And it seems that in this text and throughout this dream, it's one destructive and almost depressive uh, detail after another that he is able to witness. And see firsthand a collage of uh, fierce beasts devouring uh, the world with dem- demonic appetites. One kingdom rising, it seems to destroy another one and to topple it and to knock it down and to start all over again. And, and then another empire emerges and it topples this one. And this dream is destruction upon destruction. And it seems that it's disappointingly repetitious. It seems like it's over and over again. And matter of fact, uh, as I was reading this, and as we were going through this passage, I thought "I I don't want to depress anybody here on this Sunday morning with reading the details of the things that this prophet Daniel was able to see. And just when you get a little hope, and just when you think that, that uh, uh, maybe he's going to uh, turn this out to be a brighter day or maybe there's going to be a happier conclusion. He uses words like an I beheld, and "I saw, and then he describes some other atrocity. He describes some other end-time event that causes us to shudder with fear and concern, and he uses this over and over again. It seemed that everywhere that Daniel looked, There was devastation. Everywhere in this dream that his sight was able to focus, there was destruction. There was despair. There was defeat. But the Bible indicates something here this morning that I want to focus on and that I want to accentuate. And that is the mere fact that Daniel never stopped looking. He never stopped gazing out for Greater things are looking beyond the devastation and the despair and the defeat of the present moment for something better. He just kept looking. He kept focusing on what would be beyond that. And I know it seems repetitious that, that he would look and he would see one empire and its collapse, and he would see what would be the type or the shadow of another empire and, and its destruction. And he would look a little further and he would see something else that would be uh, disappointing or maybe cause for despair. But he just kept on looking. He realized that somewhere in the midst of this discouragement and this present disappointment that God's not going to leave his people. That God's not going to forsake us. That God is not in any way going to leave us but he's going to deliver us. There may be despair, there may be disappointments, there may be disillusionment. There may be some misunderstanding. I may not know everything that is going on currently. I may not know where every part of this dream fits or why even God would reveal it to me. But I know that God has always got a good end to his story. I know that God is always going to come out a victor. It doesn't matter. World empires may rise and fall. Economies may rise and fall. Situations, they may rise and fall. Amen. Governments, uh, they may reach a crescendo and then began to fall into despair. But I know one thing. God the Bible said of the increase of his government. There shall be no end. That God's going to come through. That God's going to see us out. That God's going to deliver us. That God is going to make a way for us. I know a God that said he would never leave me. Nor would he ever forsake me. But he would be with me even to the end of the world. So what am I going to do? I'm going to keep cupping my hands to my brow, and I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to keep searching. I'm going to keep asking, God, is there something more that you want to reveal to me? Is there something greater? Is there something better that you want to show us? Because I know that you've never left your people in despair. You've never left them to wallow in discouragement, but you've always lifted them up. You've always shown them a better way. You've always came through with deliverance. Somebody ought to clap your hands and praise the Lord right now. I'm certain that the prophet in his his exasperation, wanted to close his eyes and refuse to look any longer at the atrocities that were surrounding him. But he just kept looking. And eventually, the scripture does tell us that God did not Conclude this dream with despair. This dream did not turn out to be a nightmare that Daniel perhaps thought at first it was going to be. It, it, it proves again to us that no matter how the devil fights, no matter how it seems like he is able to wreak havoc in certain people's lives, that in the end he never wins. I said he never wins. Come on, you need to be reminded of that here this morning. I think somebody in this place needs to, to be reminded of the fact that it doesn't matter how the devil fights. It doesn't matter how he resists. It doesn't matter how he attacks. It's all futile in the end because I've already read the back of the book and it proclaims me a winner. It's not a tie, amen, it's not a redo. It's not something that uh, we're gonna have to go back and and hope uh, and, and and pray that God could bring us out. I've already read the back of the book. It tells me that if I'll be faithful to him, Come on, if I keep serving him, if I keep believing him, if I keep worship come on, what's wrong with some of you folks this morning? You kinda like being discouraged. You kind of like being is there somebody in this place that says, Come on now, I believe that God is able. Amen. Yeah, he made up his mind. I'm just going to keep on looking. Be, look beyond the carnage. I'm going to look beyond the blood-stained swords of battle. I'm going to look beyond the valleys of indignation. I'm going to look beyond the battlefields that are strewn with fallen soldiers. And I am going to see that one that is able to bring us out in victory. Amen. That one that is able to help us to overcome. It's been my observation that the enemy, it spends a whole lot of energy and effort endeavoring to keep people focused on something that may seem like at first to be a defeat. He he, he tries to accentuate it. He tries to bring as much focus and discouragement and despair through that as he possibly can. He tries to disappoint people to the point that they would quit looking, they would quit searching, they would quit believing, they would quit reaching, they would quit praying. Come on, think about it in your own personal life. You encounter one situation and just as you feel like you're about to overcome that and you're able uh, to get your feet back up underneath you and suddenly there comes yet another blow. And you're rocking and reeling, trying to get your spiritual equilibrium back, and you finally, almost punch drunk, are able to get back into battle, and then comes another blow. And if we're not careful, we'll become so focused on our wounds. We'll become so focused on the attack of the enemy. We'll forget whose side we're on. We'll forget who's fighting with us. Come on now. Now I understand we gotta be willing to fight. I understand we gotta be willing to be engaged in the battle. I understand we gotta be willing to get in the ring. But I also understand that we're not the only one fighting in this battle. We got the champion on our side. We got the title holder on our side. Come on, greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. I just want to remind somebody today again. I don't know how many rounds this fight's going to go, but I know who's going to come out a victor. I know who's going to win the conquest. I know who's going to come out as a victor in the battle. It's like the old, the old boxer that, that went up against a reigning champion, and he had quite a reputation And as far as the statistics was concerned, this challenger was not supposed to in any way win the fight. In fact, he had a longer reach. He had a stronger punch. He was a taller man. He was a faster man. Everything about this champion far and exceedingly outweighed this challenger. And it seemed like in the first rounds of the fight that, that, that just exactly what was predicted was going to occur, that this challenger was going to be just easy to be defeated by the champion. And the first few rounds of the fight, he was able uh, to get in a few blows that, that uh, maybe produced a cut over the eye of the challenger. And... Uh, dazed him a little bit but he just kept on coming back out and one point during the fight he actually knocked him down and another point in the fight he knocked him into the ropes and, but he recovered and he got back in to the fight and finally in the last round of this bout he was able to slip a punch into the, the champion that had been basically working him over throughout this entire bout but because he had expended so much energy, he was also growing a little weak and he exposed the chin and, and the challenger was able to get the one punch in that mattered and, and placed it on his chin and knocked the champion down uh, into the mat. And, and later he was interviewed and he, he he was standing there with the accolades, the belts uh, that, that, that were produced that indicated that he was the title holder now. He was the champion... And they asked him did you did you ever uh wonder uh, that that you would uh that you would be hurt in this fight? Did you ever dream that that you would would take the blows that you took? look at you, you look like a meat cleaver's got a hold of you and he said yes i I knew that this was going to be a very close, and I understood when I came in it was going to be uh one that I was going to probably suffer." Some extreme blows and and I was going to uh, uh, receive some wounds because of this fight uh, they said did did you ever uh, did you did you respect the man that you were fighting? He said "Oh yes he said uh, I, I did respect him i I knew that he was probably a more accomplished fighter, also knew that he statistically in every class and in every way he was better than I was. He had a stronger punch he had a longer reach he was a taller man he was he was more formidable plus he had all of this experience and had been challenged over and over again and then they asked him this question they said did you ever feel like that you would be defeated he said oh no he said I never for one moment thought that I would be defeated he said I simply knew that if I could continue to come back round after round, that this man had never endured a long fight. This man had been used to defeating people that would give up. He had been used to defeating people in the first few rounds of the bout. But if I could keep coming back round after round, that something would weaken within him because he had never endured a challenger that just kept on getting back up and kept on facing off and kept on getting back in the fight. I'm going to tell you, the devil's testing some folks in this church's resolve. He's testing your determination to live for God. Amen. Are you really who you say you are? Are you really what you say you are? Are you really hungry for God and thirsty for revival as you say you are? Are you really concerned about making heaven and your family being saved? If you come to test my resolve, if you come to test my my determination, devil! I got news for you. I'm gonna keep on coming out of the corner with my with my fist in the air, with some fight in my heart, with determination in my soul. I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna quit. I'm not gonna retreat. I'm not gonna throw in. The- Come on. He never promised that it wasn't going to be a fight. He never promised that it was all going to be easy. He never promised that you wouldn't take on some wounds. He never told you that the devil wouldn't get a few blows. But if you keep getting back up and going out of the ring, you can be a victor. Come on, clap your hands and let's give praise to the Lord. You've got to be careful that you don't let what you see affect your faith. That's why the Bible doesn't say we walk by sight. Or we walk by feelings. It really doesn't even say that we run. It says that we walk which is a gradual, continual, steady, consistent progress. Amen. I know some folks, they can run, brother. Woo, they can run. They can break sound barriers. They can run. But while they're huffing and puffing, kind of reminds me of the story of the tortoise and the hare keeps on plotting. I got news for some of you if you're going to make it in this day you better learn how to walk with God before you worry about running Hallelujah! you better l- learn how to get you a day to day prayer life or you ain't going to last you better learn how to be faithful to the house of God or you're not going to make it come on say old amen or oh me or whatever fits I'm telling you if you don't learn how to be faithful to the house of God you're not going to make it we don't have no super saints but I know folks here that, that some way got inoculated from temptation and sin and the craftiness of the devil's deception to try to destroy people. There's no, nobody that's, that's, that's surpassed that. You graduated from that. Come on, God doesn't give any diplomas out until we get to heaven, folks. And if you if you plan on hearing those immortal words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter the joys of the Lord. You better learn how to walk with God every day. Walk with him in the good days and the bad days and learn how to walk with him in the high times and in the low times. Yeah. Walking with God. Amen. Just, just forward mobility. Praise the Lord. It's not all about how fast you get there so you get there. And it's so you keep on in the same direction. and You just steadily and faithfully and consistently walk. But sometimes we can, get, we can get focused on, you know, a few things that we see that might be negative in our lives. This was the problem with the children of Israel. I mean, here they had these enormous promises all around them. They had just come through the wilderness and if anything should have bolstered their faith, it should have been the wilderness experience. Come on, how would you like to have shoes that never wore out? Now you ladies, now you probably wouldn't get with that because you gotta have a new pair because these well anyway. Us men, we keep getting ours resold. Well, I better do something here in a hurry get these women back on our side well it's like you men you, it wouldn't work for you guys either if it was a gun or, a, or something else because you always got to have the latest and the greatest I'll say amen men <laughs> shoes that never wore out clothes that never got to I know that wouldn't work We we get clothes over in his garage sale still got price tags on them from the store. People's never worn them. That's all right. Clothes that never wore out. Drunk water. Is that how you said? Drunk water. Drank water. From a rock. Ate manna that fell with the morning dew every day and then twice as much on Saturday so that they could gather. Now, I don't know if it was really Saturday, but it was the day before the Sabbath. I don't want to offend any of our Saturday finished folks. Praise God. Gathered it up. God supplied it for him. led them, pillar of cloud by day to keep the sun from scorching them, and a pillar of fire by night to keep them warm. I mean, after God's done all of that, and God's brought you through all of that, and spies come back, and they got clusters of grapes that they're carrying between them. They got evidence that the land does flow with milk and honey. And it's a lush land, great land. And somebody speaks up and says, There's giants in that land, there's enemies there. And all they could focus on, and all they could see, was giants and the opposition and the hindrances when God had already proven to them time over again in 40 years of being in the wilderness that he'll bring them out of anything. And now they're stumbling over giants. Now they're questioning if God is able. I'm telling you, when God has brought you out, when God has done so many great things in your life don't start questioning God don't start saying well I don't know but it was Joshua and Caleb that was able to look beyond giants and look on past walled cities and the sons of Anak and said we kept on looking and we saw milk and honey we saw a land that God has promised. And we believe that God is well able to help us to possess it. Hallelujah. Is that what they said? We are well able to possess it. Sometimes you just got to keep looking. I said you got to keep looking. Abraham, in his life, there were, there were points of, of, of dis, just total disappointment. I mean, you consider Lot, you consider uh, his his whole deal with having to be patient with the promise of God coming and being fulfilled in his life. When you look at that, you look at, at some of the disappointments that he had to endure and the situations that he had to go through, but he's still called the father of the faithful. And I find that there are three distinct times in Abraham's life where he lifted up his eyes. First of all, in Genesis 18 he lifted up his eyes when he was there in the plains of memory and he saw those three angels coming to him and and they came at a at a at a time when he critically needed them to come it was a time when he was discouraged over the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah and, and what was happening there with his family lot being in those cities and and he said he, he, he desperately needed a confirmation from God and God uh, allows these three angels to come to where he is and he lifts up his eyes and, and he sees them and they they again announce to him that his wife, though she is steeped in years and, and he is an old man, they're going to have a boy, they're going to have a son and he renews this promise uh, in the ears of Abraham and reminds him one more time of what God is going to do and Sarah's. In the tent and she she giggles a little bit to herself and the angel said why is she laughing about it? I'm telling you God is going to bring it to pass. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You just keep on lift up your eyes Abraham. Get your eyes back on the promise. Don't get your eyes on the discouragement of the moment. Oh I'm going to take care of all that. I want you to know I've got a promise for you. Isaac, who was just a lad, and he had his servants along with him, and they were trudging up Mount Moriah, and he was to offer him as a sacrifice. And the Bible says that he lifted up his eyes, and he saw a place far off. It was a place of worship. Little did he know that 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 particular place, God was going to reveal some things to him that he had never seen or experienced before. That this was going to be a special place. Matter of fact, this place of worship was going to be a place that was going to be remembered. This would be the site where the temple would be built. This was always going to be, now and forever, a significant place for the people of God. A place that represented worship. And it was Abraham that first saw that place. It was Abraham that was able to lift up his eyes. Uh, can you imagine God's asking him to do something that was the most difficult thing that God could have asked anybody to do to sacrifice his son. But he said lift up your eyes and look over there. There's a place of worship. That's the place I'm leading you to. And it's there that I'm going to renew some covenants to you. it's there that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that place, that particular place, a place of revival if I could say it that way. Come on. Get your eyes off the present discouragement. Get your eyes off That place of revival. Keep on looking. Keep on searching. Keep on
1: believing.
0: The Bible says that there was a third time that he lifted up his eyes in Genesis 22, same chapter. When he lifted up his eyes from that place of worship, at the last moment when he was getting ready to plunge that knife down into the chest son oh, the only son that God recognizes the promised child, Isaac He's getting ready to plunge that knife and his hand is stayed by an angel and so he lifts up his eyes and he sees that there's a sacrifice caught by the horns in the thicket over there and it's then that he understands that God is Jehovah Jireh my provider come on some of you right now may be in straits financially you may be in straits it seems like amen where where it isn't going to work out economically you don't know what's going on I'm telling you you just keep on being obedient to God and God is going to cause you to gaze out there and look he's going to lift up your head a little bit and you're going to see that he's going to provide he's going to make a way he's going to help you Somebody lift up your hands to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Just keep looking. Keep looking. That's what, that was the, that was the whole success story of Job in the end was that he just kept on looking. He said, I I looked before me and I looked behind me and I looked to my left and I looked to my right. He said, I I couldn't, I couldn't see him, but I know my Redeemer lives. I'm just going to keep on looking. I'm going to keep on believing. I'm just going to keep on trusting God. I'm just going to keep on worshiping. I'm going to keep on searching for him because if I search long enough, I'm going to find him. Luke 21, Jesus gives a very descriptive and disturbing account of how the end time was going to unfold. He spoke of false prophets that would deceive many and lead them astray. He spoke of wars and commotions, nations rising against nations. Does this sound familiar? Great earthquakes in diverse places. Read your newspaper. Famines, pestilence, fearful sights, and great signs, persecution, betrayal of friends and family, great wrath, people falling by the edge of the sword. Listen, men's hearts failing them. And he goes on, and the more he goes on, and the more descriptive he gets, the more it seems like. He's reading the daily newspaper in the 21st century. And he describes it in detail. And that's where we're living. And then he gets down, and it seems like, it seems like all hope has vanished. He gets down in verse 28. And this caused me, when I read it today, my heart to nearly g- jump out of my chest and joy to come to my spirit. He said, and when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. Now understand that's a prophetic passage of scripture, I realize that that's talking about the coming of the Lord. I realize that that's talking uh, about the times that are yet to unfold. I realize that that could very possibly be talking about us in the next weeks, months, or whenever it is that the Lord should come. But I also believe that there's a double meaning here. That, that when despair surrounds you, lift up your head. Look up. Because somewhere God is to be found. Somewhere Jesus, you'll find him. He's going to be there. He's not going to let you walk there alone he's going to help you lift up your head look out I'm going to be there don't don't get surrounded by this right here so that you get tunnel vision look up lift up your head look out ah, your redemption is drawing nigh come on lift up your voice to him right now let's praise him together would you stand with me Brothers, could you help me with this screen? Give me Revelation chapter 20. we go down there about verse 12. You know, John, the Revelator, saw a lot of disturbing things. He saw things in the end time that Still, I mean, are horrific and hard to describe. He said in verse 12 of chapter 20, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, and which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. into the lake of fire. He just described hell, folks. He, he's talking about judgment. He's talking about those that that chose and made a choice not to live for God. But he says, and it's almost like he turns on a dime. And he said, I don't want to leave this out. I didn't didn't stop seeing with the bad. I didn't stop seeing with the judgment. I didn't stop seeing with hell and the lake of fire and the second death. He said, I looked a little further. And he said, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw, he didn't stop looking, folks, the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. He kept looking and he said, I heard a great voice out of the heaven said, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away. You say you're in despair. You say you're disappointed. You say you're discouraged. God don't 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 stop looking. Don't stop searching. And God shall wipe away all of their tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things, the former things, the former things are passed away. It's over with. You just got to keep looking. I said you got to keep looking. You got to keep searching. Somebody lift up your voice to God. Let's praise him right now. Just keep looking. Amen. You say well there's times I don't feel like praying. That's how the devil wants you to feel. There's times it's hard for me to go to the altar. There's times it's hard for me to raise my hands. It's time that it's hard for me to believe God again. I know there's times you don't feel like it. And I know there's times that by the sights around you it's hard to find any reason to keep trusting keep believing but I'm encouraging someone today lift up your eyes come on Abraham lift up your head lift up your eyes I got something I want to show you your greatest victory is just beyond what seemed to be defeat what seemed to be disappointment and despair and heartache and trouble I'm telling you, your greatest victory is just right out there. Just don't quit looking. Don't quit looking. Don't quit looking. Don't quit looking. looking. I'm telling you, God has revealed this passage to me and has shown me this, and this has served as a principle of my life. Because there's been times I'd said just by what I could see, it didn't look like there's any hope. It didn't look like we're gonna we're gonna make it. It looks like everything is, is, is in turmoil and confusion. But I'm telling you, if you keep searching, you'll find out God's never too far away. God never gives up, and God never quits trying to help us if we'll just keep holding to Him. We'll keep believing him. Keep, keep reaching out to him. Hallelujah. And in this end time, the very last thing you need to do is to lose your hope. Is to lose your ability to keep looking for God. Amen. Even in bad circumstances and situations of your life, you need to keep searching for him. You need to keep he's there somewhere. I said he's there. He, he said, I never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. He's there somewhere, folks. Come to ask about it today. I'm not you asking you to respond to this altar call out of feeling. I'm not asking you to respond to this altar call because of anything inspiring in your emotions. But I'm asking you simply based on the principle of God's word that if I'll just keep looking. God's got a miracle
1: somewhere for
0: me. If I keep searching and keep pushing beyond that God has an answer for me, that God has hope for me somewhere, I'm going to keep looking. I know when I look at the circumstances of my family, it doesn't look like I should keep going on, but I'm going to keep looking. I know at first glance when I look at the situations that are taking place in my financial landscape, it seems like I might as well give up. But I'm asking you, keep looking. Keep looking. Keep looking. Come on, reach out to God, saints. Let's talk to the Lord. Let's seek the face of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, I believe some old things are going to be passed away. And you're going to see something new on the horizon. You're going to see some fresh hope. Amen. God's going to give you a fresh vision. Hallelujah. Come on, this new year, God's going to open up your eyes to new things. You're going to see things that you've never been able to see heretofore. Come on, now. Keep reaching out to God. Keep looking for Him. Keep searching for Him this morning. Keep your perspective today. Hallelujah. Don't give up. Hallelujah. 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 Open the eyes of my heart, Lord.
1: Oh, thank you, the Jesus. Open of my heart. I want to see. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. 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 I want to see. Praise God. Praise, you. God.
0: Praise
1: God. Open the eyes. Oh, of my heart, yes, Lord. yes. 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 God, open up my heart heart to whatever you've got for me. Thank
0: you, Jesus.
1: Thank you, Jesus.
0: Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's get around and pray for one another right now.
1: Let's get around and pray for one another right now. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining in. Shining in the light of your glory Pour out your power and love As we sing home. I want to see you, to see you high lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing, Holy, Holy. Pour we'll out your power and love <laughs> as we sing holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. holy. holy, holy, holy. holy, holy, holy. holy See you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see. I want to see you. I want to see you. Come on, keep looking. sing holy, 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 holy. See you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory, forever Sing, hold!